welcome to the Dairy Dialogue podcast, and this is number 149, or at least I hope it is. I have the fear that one of these weeks I'm going to skip a number. I could easily check each week, but why be that sensible? I'm Jim Cornell, editor of Dairy Reporter, and if my voice sounds a little different, that's because it is. Not through the wonders of technology, but the wonders of family. Now school is back and the kids are all mixing again, my son came home with a cold last week, which was very generous. It meant there were six children out one day, which in a class of 12 is a fair few. What's great is that about 12 hours later my son was fine, and now it's my turn, and it's been a lot more than 12 hours. At least I have a lot deeper voice at the moment. I didn't let it stop me walking this week, maybe I should have, but it was a really steep one this week, and I now have a very sore Achilles as well. All worth it for the views, I think. It was Labor Day in North America this week, so not a great deal of news from that part of the world because of it. And it was also Father's Day in Australia and New Zealand on Sunday. Funny how many of the holidays that we celebrate are at different times of the year just to keep us all confused. One of our local supermarkets already has a small Christmas section. Hopefully with all of the low supplies in some places, it doesn't mean a shortage around Christmas time. We've already heard about the potential shortage of toys here in the UK, mostly due to transport logistics, so I'm already underway when it comes to the Christmas shopping, which is a little bit dangerous because it's quite possible that I may end up buying two of the same things because I'll forget what I've already bought by November. I also managed to confuse the dog this week as I was editing the podcast interviews. My headset wasn't plugged in and the dog had the strangest of looks as he could hear my voice but I wasn't talking. Or maybe it was just that for once I was making sense. Scotland joined the modern Covid world this week as well so we now have a digital proof of vaccination. Although there have been complaints that the digital one can be manipulated very easily with photo editing software. Although having said that the QR codes can't be manipulated. But when it comes to attending events like sport or music, I really can't see the security checking to ensure that every QR code is actually connected to the right person. Speaking of travel, our podcast this week is about an event coming up in pretty much a month's time. And we're talking about Anuga, one of the world's biggest food events, which is coming up in Cologne from October 9 to the 13th at Kohlmesse. There are going to be thousands of exhibitors and we will be talking to one of them, the biggest German dairy cooperative, DMK, and their global head of corporate communications, Oliver Bartelt. We also have a conversation with Anuga organizer Kohlmesser's vice president for food and food technology, Anne Schumacher. We were supposed to have three interviews, but the plug got pulled the last minute on the other one. Oh well. Of course, we also have our weekly look at the global dairy markets, and this week it's with Charlie Highland at Stonex. So now it's time for this week's news. The UK government has been urged to back alternative proteins in the fight against climate change. GEA launched new valve control tops for operational safety. And we had a feature on Pack Expo Las Vegas and the benefits of attending for the dairy industry. In the US, the National Dairy Council has launched a new product competition to target gamers, who apparently snack a lot while they're playing, so obviously nothing sticky. Friesland Campina CEO Hein Schumacher is the new Global Dairy Platform Chair. Illy saw double-digit revenue growth in its first half financials, 
And we also had our monthly market view from Maxim Foods. There were three acquisitions announced this week, all of U.S. companies by companies that aren't in the U.S. Canadian dairy company Saputo is acquiring Carolina Aseptic and Carolina Dairy. DSM is to acquire U.S. dairy flavor company First Choice Ingredients. And the Swiss dairy company Emmy is buying the top U.S. feta producer Athenos from Lactalie. And there were plenty of others, including an article on funding for a dairy in Mongolia, all of which you can read at dairyreporter.com. Anuga, which is staged by Kolmesa, takes place every two years, so it's been lucky as there were no events last year, but it wasn't scheduled anyway. And if you've ever wondered why it's called Anuga, well, it's an acronym for the event in German. And that acronym is Allgemeine Nahrungs- und Genussmittel Ausstellung, which means General Food and Beverage Exhibition. I think we'll just stick with Anuga. It's a bit easier. It's definitely one of my favorite events, and the fact that it's in Cologne is a bonus, because that is definitely a great city. So to tell us more about this year's event, given the unusual circumstances, is Kohlmesser's Vice President for Food and Food Technology, Anne Schumacher. So I guess the first question isn't about the background of the event, it's how it's feeling to be back on track again after so long without live events. You know what? It's definitely a really, really good feeling to get back to business, especially with an event like Anuga. And we're really happy also that, you know, the response from the market is showing that we're not the only ones feeling that way. Um, we've got over 4,000 exhibiting companies registered from 91 countries. I think this is an excellent result for the restart of our fairs, and I'm personally really looking forward to it. And how does 4,000 compare to previous years? It's smaller, of course, it's smaller. I think in previous years, in 2019, actually, we had our record year with more than 7,000 companies registered. So 4,000, of course, is less. But looking at where we're standing and, and the current circumstances, I think we're one of the biggest events, at least in Europe, after the restart, if not the biggest in Europe. Some of the smaller events that are taking place, you see two, three hundred exhibitors. So 4,000 is quite a lot compared to some of those. Yes, yeah. I think so too, yeah. Plus, there's also the issue of, I would imagine that there are some companies that would have wanted to attend but can't logistically. So it's not really that it's gone down. It's possibly that some of them just physically can't make it because of restrictions. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and we do have some companies who can't participate physically because of those restrictions, but who will participate in our uh, new digital uh, edition to the event, Anuga at Home. That is something that we're also really looking forward to. And we're happy to be able to give this opportunity as well. And how w will it look for people attending the event in terms of layout are you using more space than previously and what will the protocols be well we're actually um, keeping the core structure of our 10 trade fairs and we are utilizing the whole venue 
same as in previous years. But this, of course, means that, you know, with wider aisles, we'll have more space for everyone attending. And we'll also have some new formats who will pay attention to the transformation of foods, such as our uh, special shows Anuga Clean Label or, or Anuga Free From Health and Functional Foods, and also the new format Anuga Meat More Meatless. And in contrast to previous years, this year, apart from our uh, congresses and our culinary stage, will mainly have digital stages also taking place on the Anuga at Home, the digital format that I just mentioned, such as our trend zone or some specialist panel discussions. But, you know, as I said, we'll use all the 11 halls on the site. We'll also be using our newly built hall one, which is, you know, very modern um, trade fair hall. And that will be the first time that we'll be actually using that hall at Anuga as well. And will there be lots of hand sanitizing stations and ventilation and that kind of thing? Of course, of course. You know, we have a very comprehensive health and safety um, program that we've set up. Luckily, our venue is very modern already in terms of ventilations. And of course, you know, hand sanitizers, more regular cleaning intervals, all these kind of things. That's something that we pay very close attention to, of course. And what about the wearing of masks? Will that be compulsory inside? It will be mandatory to wear masks, yes. That is something, though, that, you know, everybody is used to at the moment. Um, so we don't see an issue with that. The masks can be removed when you're sitting at a table, for example, or standing at a desk. Um, and um, we'll also have the opportunity, which I think is very important for our Anuga community to know, that tastings at the exhibition stands will also be possible so, you know, yes, a mask needs to be worn when you're moving within the venue, but when you're at a stand, when you're doing a tasting or when you're sitting at a table having a meeting, you can take off the mask. So even with the regulations, though, we'll have tastings, we'll have cooking shows, we'll have our special show formats, and we'll make sure that, you know, we continue to show the kind of diversity that Anuga is in terms of products showcased. And of course, you know, I think everybody is looking forward to meet in person again. So we think, you know, the masks will not have that much of an effect on people. One other thing to mention, you know, I've talked a lot about the measures already that we're taking around health and safety, around hygiene and things like that. One thing to add there is the general access system that we need to handle in these times, which means that anyone who wants to enter the trade fair will need to be either fully vaccinated or recovered from COVID, or they need to show an up-to-date test. That is, of course, <laughs> with a negative result, because we just want to make sure that, you know, we kind of keep all the measures that we can. A lot of events have had to reschedule in terms of cancel, 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 and then finally we might be okay. Is there an issue around certain events being clustered together now that everybody's trying to squeeze in events? I mean, of course, you know, we, we recognize that there are several events rescheduled or some had to um, cancel earlier in the year. But as, you know, the world's leading trade fair um, for food and beverages, Anuga 
really sets the pace among the international trade fairs. And of course, you know, as organizers of Anuga, we clearly aim to be the number one. And, you know, we're guided by developments, trends and innovations of the industry and try to be less guided by the developments of the various regional and themed trade fairs, the smaller ones that have been rescheduled. And logistically, how difficult has it been dealing with companies and visitors? I, I assume that you have a wide range of nationalities again. I think for us as KMS, Anuga, even in regular years, is always more challenging than other fairs we do. Just because of the sheer size, because of the number of exhibitors, and especially the wide variety of countries of origin of our exhibitors and visitors. And of course, this year we're facing some more challenges, especially with all the regulations we need to consider. And of course, you know, we had to adapt, we had to create lots of new processes, such as a fully digital ticket process, health and safety and hygienic measures I just mentioned. And of course, we still get a lot of visitors and exhibitors questions and we support them wherever we can. Usually we can advise on most issues, but sometimes we also need to refer to further government regulations and especially when we talk about issues such as quarantine. For the event itself, could you give me some of the highlights of the components of the show? Yes, of course. So one of the highlights I think I mentioned right at the start, I still feel is a highlight that we have more than 4,000 companies registered. And we do see that um, with the number of countries they're from and also with a good representation of German exhibitors as well, we do have a very good base. Besides that, the pure product show, of course, Anuga always offers a very comprehensive event program and the educational program. In addition to our, for example, our established innovation show, Anuga Taste Innovation, which will take place both physically, so at the venue in Cologne, and digitally. Anuga this year will also present some pioneering future topics and innovations from the field of cell-based proteins, i.e. you know, meat from the laboratory, as well as uh, meat substitutes, clean label, free from health and functional foods, and all of this within the framework of special shows or congress formats will have the range of international product diversity reflected within our 10 trade fairs and in the area of congresses, our new food conference with a focus on cell-based proteins will actually celebrate its premiere at Anuga this year. This is a conference that has taken place before, but it's the first time it will be taking place during Anuga. In addition, We'll have a sustainability conference held by the Center for Sustainable Corporate Management, uh, ZNU from Germany, which will shed some light on the complexity of a wide range of sustainability challenges, such as climate, packaging, food loss, or human rights along the supply chain. We'll also have the Innovation Summit Nutrition X, which already took place during Anuga 2019 and which, again, takes up topics of change and provides insight into new findings about personalized nutrition. And in addition to that, we'll have 
insights into organic or halal food, which will be given in the organic market and the halal market, which are some other special formats that we have. And for people who are unable to see special exhibitors or events, again, our new digital edition Anuga at Home will offer quite a lot of on-demand content that can be watched later on. So I think overall, you know, again, we will showcase quite a big variety, both in products and in content and conference program. In the past, I think quite a few companies have launched products at Anuga. Is that still going to be the case? <laughs> of course, it's difficult to speak for our exhibitors, but from the conversations I've had, yes, that's what I expect as well, because, you know, Anuga is the leading trade fair in, in food and beverages. And traditionally, companies really use this as an opportunity to showcase their new innovations, their new products to the world of food and beverage buyers. And so what do you think that the visitor numbers are going to be like? So we've started ticket sales in mid-August. And so far, we do see that ticket sales are going very well. In contrast to previous years, we expect bookings to be made more at short notice, depending on how the pandemic develops. We can't predict any numbers yet. It's just too early for that. But from what we see from our ticket registrations, we are really doing quite well. And we already have some top buying companies such as Rewe, Aldi, Dole, Eismann, Gate Group, Mercadona, Metro or Spar International and Target already registering to attend the show in Cologne. That's great. And it sounds like it's going to be a great event. In terms of the visitor experience, I know from personal experience, having been to lots of different events, <laughs> the biggest issue has often been when it opens. There's always a big rush to get into the event. How are you managing that? Well, for one, we will be managing the number of tickets sold per day just to spread the visitors more evenly across the five days and to kind of, you know, avoid situations like you're mentioning now that there's a peak day where there's big queues <laughs> at the entrances. Of course, you know, we're expecting to see queues um, <laughs> as what everyone wants to see. But of course, you know, this year we need to make sure that at any stage um, in the kind of visiting process, people can keep a safe distance. So we're taking measures both in the preparation and the ticket sales process, which is purely digital this year, also to avoid any waiting time on sites. We're incorporating the vaccination or testing results into our ticket process so that that can also be shown digitally. And we're basically taking a lot of measures together with our um, health and safety program, Be Safe for Business, to really well, allow a distance to avoid waiting times and to really make the process as smooth as possible under the current circumstances. You know, there, there might be waiting times, but we do have the advantage that actually we do have some space, you know, to manage queues accordingly and to make sure that everybody can stay safe. Could you just quickly run over the details of the event, the time, location for people that want to get there, how much it costs, all those things? Oh, yes, of course. The physical part of Anuga in Cologne at our KMS venue will take place from the 9th to the 13th of October. And the digital edition Anuga at Home will start two days later and will take place from 11th to 13th of October. 
Our opening hours for visitors are from Saturday to Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And on Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. As for the tickets, due to the current situation around COVID, we only allow day tickets. So there's only day tickets available this year for the physical visits to Anuga. A day ticket, which includes the access to Anuga at home as well, is 50 euros. A day ticket for students is 19 euros. Uh, if someone wants to just visit the digital edition Anuga at home, that is a pass that allows access for several days for 50 euros. One of the good advantages of Colmesa is that it's not miles out of the city. You can kind of walk from the city centre, which is nice true that's true we're very lucky in that actually it's very convenient as you say of course the event is taking place in germany and it made sense to also talk to someone very familiar with the event one of its long-time exhibitors the german dairy cooperative dmk to tell us about the event from the exhibitor perspective is the global head of corporate communications at dmk oliver bartelt Talking about the Anuga, uh, this is also one step back to normal, uh, having fair trades again on a level like this. You just kind of touched on Anuga. There's a bit of normality starting to come back. What's the feeling personally and within the company about being back at events again? Is it a bit of apprehension? Is it excitement that we're getting back to normal? Yeah, I, I think it's a mixture of all. It was even more the, the situation when we started. I think it was the Gulf food. This was the first fair trade since months. Uh, we are preparing and talking about how we will manage it and how we fulfill all, all the required distances, masks, and, and, and. So we have the experience. I think it was the Gulf food. Then the next one we, we visited with the booth was Bakery China. And I think Anuga is the third fair trade we are visiting. So we have some, some background how it will work. But on the other hand, yes, it's a mixture of excitement that we can get in touch with our partners in, in retail and industry again on a, on a physical way and showcase our portfolio and the news we have within. But on the other side, still everything feels different this year. And we have to prepare things we did not have had to prepare in the past, uh, talking about how many colleagues can visit the booth at the same time, how will we manage uh, the distances. On the other side, we will see as a requirement a kind of forest of acrylic and glass walls uh, on, on the booth. So we will have to see what kind of impact this will have to the eye-to-eye contacts. So it's more or less the old fair, but a completely new situation uh, we will face. And so how much different planning have you had to do because of the changes that are taking place? I think basically it was not too much. So we will plan uh, our booth as we, we would always plan a booth, uh, talking about how we'll look like the visuals, uh, what, what are the, the topics we will present. But on this basic planning, our colleagues were managing uh, the details yeah, really have to add on the plans on how will we manage the, the flow of the visitors regarding entry and, and exit and how can we walk through our booths. Does this have any impact on the way we plan our booths 
from our perspective at the moment, not too much as we always have the boots where you have a kind of entry and a kind of exit. So, uh, but yeah, we just have to see. And uh, I think uh, Köln Messe themselves will manage the maximum amount of visitors. So yeah, we will, we will see how it works when we will be there in the yeah, next two, four weeks, early October. And in terms of interacting with people, will you still be able to do things like um, having samples, that kind of thing? Yeah, that, that are all those tricky, detailed questions. Uh, it depends from fair to fair. So uh, in the past fairs, we completely uh, stopped handing out samples. And uh, even it was a, a difficult situation, uh, offering a coffee or something to eat, some stuff like this. The, the fair at the moment is more or less a very clean situation, showcasing something and, and our news. But I think the main add-on versus the last month is that we are able to meet in person. And even if there are glass walls and acrylic and whatever, you have the situation that you can see somebody and your partners face to face. And I think this is the main positive thing uh, that we said, yes, let's go to the Anuga even if we still have uh, a lot of restrictions. Right. And you mentioned that you've been to Gulf Food and to the event in China. How different were those? Yeah, I think, think basically they all had the same restrictions. And of course, the main difference between those fairs in the past is that we only uh, sent colleagues from their countries. So nobody from Germany visited Bakery China or the Gal Food. We only sent our local colleagues uh, to join those, those fairs. As traveling is still not too easy. And of course, we did want to send people to quarantine and, and stuff like this. Anuga is not new for DMK, is it? You've attended there in the past? We were there since decades. I cannot say exactly when it was the first time, but I think we were there for 20 years and more. And are you launching anything at Anuga or what kind of new yeah. products or what products are you showcasing? Mainly, we will showcase our broad portfolio. So, so the booth will offering uh, interesting facts about our industry business. We will uh, showcase what we are doing, what know-how we have in the area of food service. Of course, the retail business and our sales colleagues from the retail business are there. We will have Heiko Antoniewicz as a very well-known chef in Germany. He will uh, make a cook show there and, and uh, showing how stuff from our food service area can be used there. So I think very interactive show, even if we have a lot of restrictions. And yes, we, we also will show some new products, some launches, but I cannot talk too much in detail what will follow there. I have to go to the show to find out. Yes, indeed. All right. I'm hoping to be there, but you never know with the restrictions. And how good is Anuga for DMK? Is it a really good close fit? Yes, indeed. Uh, as I just said, we were there since decades. And Anuga is, for us, is one of the leading trade fairs for the global food industry. The fair, basically, if there is not a pandemic, takes place every two years. And this is more or less an anchor event for us. Of course, there are some other fairs on, on this level, but I think, yeah, as I just said, Anuga is 
one of the leading ones. And we have the opportunity to show our complete range and also the complete competence we have from retail to industry to professional chefs. So in a nutshell, we can address all core areas on one stage. And this is for us, it's the main benefits that Nuga offers. Does it help that it's in the same country? For sure. Uh, some uh, things are easier, like logistics and, and traveling for colleagues. But as, as I just mentioned, this is not really a main reason for us to visit the Anuga. It's more or less a benefit. We are visiting also uh, the bakery China, the Gal food or, or a fair in Mexico. So that, that's not a reason basically for us. But uh, yes, uh, indeed, it makes things easier. And how has the pandemic affected strategy in terms of future events? Will you be going to more or less, or is it still up in the air? I think this has to be shown in the next month how things are going uh, regarding Corona. But it feels like we are on the way back to normal as uh, the first fair trades are beginning again and people uh, meet in in physical uh, events again. So, yes, I think let's cross fingers that things went well for all of us. And now it's time for our weekly look at the global dairy markets with Charlie Highland at StoneX. Hi, Jim. Just an update on the dairy markets this week. The big news was the fact that we had a quite a strong GDT global dairy trade auction uh, held yesterday, um, which saw the uh, overall auction out of New Zealand up about four percent. Um, now this was we were, uh, the market in general was expecting it to be higher, but this was perhaps a little bit higher than than anticipated. Um, the biggest movers on the event were well, Skim was up seven point three percent, which was quite strong and again stronger than expected. But you know all the headline, all the main products were were moving higher. Whole milk was up three point three percent. Butter and AMF were up, uh, you know, three point seven and three point one percent respectively. So, so all quite strong. And um, but when you look into the details, some some interesting um, facts. Particularly, we noticed that um, North Asia, which pre- predominantly China, was uh, was le- less active than normal and and quite considerably so. Um, so that's an interesting sign because certainly there has been kind of rumors over the last uh, several months that the stock levels in China were, were starting to build. So um, the slack that was taken up by Southeast Asia and, and the Middle East, um, among others. So, you know, still a good sign, even with China backing off, that the, the rest of the big importers were, were in the market and, and buying quite aggressively. And it's been a bit of a theme over the last few uh, weeks and months. I mean, the markets have been slowly grinding higher. And again, the last week, we've we've moved slightly higher again in Europe, uh, up about you know, roughly 1% in the futures in, in the last week. Probably the biggest reason, a couple of reasons for that, but one of the bigger ones was we, we've definitely seen less um, co-op or dairy processors selling in the markets um, you know in general it feels like they don't have a lot of stock uh, hard to have exact statistics on this but uh, you know there there is evidence starting to come true that the milk collections for July and August have been weaker um, which you know would would buy or would help uh, support that kind of argument of of the fact that the co-ops don't have a lot of stock right now, or are certainly not panicking on what stocks they do have. 
Now, there is some signs in the last couple of weeks here that things have started to improve in terms of milk collections in Europe. Some of the weekly numbers are starting to, um, you know, France, UK are starting to now turn positive year on year and, and Germany's improving as well, although still a little bit negative. Um, so in general, market continues to be positive, continues to be slowly grinding higher. There is some signs to argue that, you know, there's some bearish factors out there, particularly the fact that China is slowing down the buy side and the fact that some of the milk collection numbers are improving. So we'll have to wait to see how that pans out over the next few weeks. Great. Thanks, Charlie. We'll talk to either you or Liam again next week. StoneX provides risk management and margin hedging programs and services, as well as OTC hedging tool and M&A advisory services to the global dairy industry. And that does it for another podcast. And hopefully I might see at least some of you at Anuga. I'll be the guy in the mask. Today, or at least later today, is supposed to be the hottest of the year here in our little part of Scotland. So that's going to cause a few complaints about it being too hot. And after two days of rain before the weekend, it'll be too wet. You just can't win. But at least the weather will be clear, so there are plenty of options. All right, so I hope that you will join us again next time, and that wherever in the world you may be, you have a great week ahead. And of course, take care, stay safe, and as always, thanks for listening.